In conversation with Matt Yardley, this is the Wild Eye Podcast. Hey everybody, my name is Jerry, I'm from Wild Eye, and this is the third in a series of episodes in which I speak to the brand new Wild Eye guides. Previous episode, I spoke to Michael Applesamy, before then Luke Street, and in this episode, I'm proud to bring you a conversation I just had with Matt Yardley. Now, Matt's been in the game for a long time, both photographically and guiding, and is currently based in Sharkas Rock in KwaZulu-Natal. Now, for those of you that don't know, this is where a lot of the recent lootings and stuff in South Africa took place. And Matt and I start there, we discuss kind of his experience of being literally in the thick of it, and then we go all over the place to bush stories, photography, mirrorless, and yeah, just a great conversation. So this is the last one in which I speak to the new Wild Eye guides, I hope you guys enjoy this one. Matt, hello, how are you doing? Good and yourself, Jerry, how are you well? Yeah, like a man. Um, Good. Just before we started here, you mentioned you had to change locations because of a sound. What was that sound? <laughs> it's um, it's I've just put it on top to the top of the list. It's drilling. Um, the guys upstairs, we live in a duplex, and the guys upstairs decided that today, out of all days, at one o'clock when we were supposed to meet, was yeah. the perfect time to start mm. reinstalling one of the awnings upstairs. So I had to um, hit the eject <laughs> button and, and come to. Luckily, my folks live close by, so I quickly rushed over to their place. Yeah, and, and I mean, um, you don't want to be that guy that goes knock and say, "Do you guys mind?" You, you don't want to be yeah. <laughs> no, ex- well i walked out I, I thought maybe i could be like subtle like passive aggressive and i just i walked outside and i said guys like, how long do you reckon you'll be here and they no, just, just said no this how's is it going any time yeah. like- <laughs> yeah. you guys you, how's your work ethic do you work fast <laughs> yeah yeah and, they, and, and they're like no no this is this is only roof number one so i was like oh is it like okay, I'll, I'll see you guys later <laughs> uh, for me it's i didn't even ask I was trying to think what the other sound. So I, for me, it's vacuum cleaning, which yeah. doing it on my own, which doesn't happen all that often. Let's be honest about it. Or but someone else, that sound <laughs> it like penetrates your brain and it like shakes inside. I'm trying. What's the other thing? Is it like a? I think it's like a washing machine when it goes to spin cycle. On, yes. On it's like oh my, I can't yeah. do that. It's bad. Yes. Then you'd be you'd be amazed. You'd you'd love it at our house because our one the one leg on the washing machine is a bit shorter than the others. So can you imagine when it goes on top of everything else? You leave them or do you just suck it up? Well, uh, for now, we like it's got quite a nice um, tempo and beat going. So we've left it for now. But I think when it goes out of rhythm, we'll, we'll have to attend to it. But, but that's a str- okay, We're going off on a very strange place here. But I've had washing machines in the past <laughs> where some days it starts spinning at the end to get the water and stuff out. And it just does a little shake. And other th- yeah. days, it looks like this thing's possessed and it like dances all over the show. Yeah. Why? Why? I mean, I, like, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, it must be, you know, like that special place where all your undies and socks disappeared to. It might mm-hmm. have something to do with that. That's that, you are. <laughs> I reckon. Um, I mean, I, listen, so you, you're one of the few wild guys who lives down in Kuzinatel. And for the people yes. listening, they would have all have seen a lot of interesting visuals coming out of South Africa over the last two weeks, looting, rioting, and stuff like that. Now, just to lead this in, I live in Johannesburg, which is about six, 700 kilometers from where you are. And I was getting messages from international clients and friends saying, are you okay? Can we send you food? Some of them even offered for us to go and fly to Nairobi, good friends of ours there and come and stay with us. So for, for, for me, and then look, I understand that the international audience would have just gotten the worst of the worst because that's, 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 I mean, that's what the mainstream media would, would sell. But for me, it wasn't as big. I didn't see any of it. You were in the middle of it though. Yeah. Literally. And Absolutely, I mean, literally. was it as scary as people said it was? Was it as real? Was it as intense? Yeah. No, I think, you know, um, we got a hell of a fright. It came, it started so quickly. And it not only did it start quickly, it started with a bang, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Literally gunshots. Yeah. Um, and then the, the way that it grew yeah. um, was so frightening. Uh right. So yeah, it was it was really bad, and um, you know I think initially we've we've had um, you know people burning tires, burning trucks before. It's, mm. it's it's not a new thing in Africa. It's not a new thing at least. No. So you know we all tried to um, console one another and, and sort of convince rather one another that like listen no it's okay it's just another one of those you know flare ups and yes it grew hey and then we quickly realized I said to I was saying to mates um, at a bra the other night I said you know if anyone 
that lived in this Belito Amklanga Durban area, if there's anyone who says that they weren't scared, I would I would call them out. Um, I would call them out. I think it it, it became very ugly very quickly. Mm. Um, I remember, I remember it, speaking it, to you in the one morning. Um, it was mm. like maybe Monday a week ago, and you were saying kind of you got to go on a food run because there's a food and stuff like that. And I mean, I'm just trying to put myself in that situation because watching the president's speech that he did that night about, come on, guys, don't do this kind of let's be family. But in the corner of the screen, you've got guys ripping deep freezes out of Wimpy. The contradiction. So for us, I mean, even in South Africa, for the people listening, I mean, I was looking at this stuff on TV thinking, what the hell is going on here? But that was your reality. It was it's a strange thing. It was weird. And, you know, and um, like I was saying um, earlier, you know, I had I had guests messaging me saying hey are you still alive and it's like so i mean i can imagine what they were seeing i mean i know they were probably seeing the real rough stuff and yes yeah. it was it was um, okay to be fair we were in the epicenter of it all sure um you know so it was a bit of a war zone i mean i can't describe as much else than other than a war zone i mean yeah. you know the community there was the police were completely overrun and it was it was my mates you know I've, i didn't realize by the way just how well-armed my mates are <laughs> it's scary well, i suppose but it's a good time for them to show you yes it's 100 right i mean how many <laughs> bras have i been to with these oaks and now all of a sudden they've got camo and they've got gloves and bulletproof vests i mean i don't know why half my hunting mates got bulletproof vests yeah 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 it was like the stock standard uniform um but i must say hey like it was frightening it was absolutely frightening but um there's also a side of it that was absolutely incredible you know to be able to see a community rally that fast i mean the crowds got into the i mean they they essentially got into sharkers rock okay so it's very hard to explain but they essentially they crossed one of the bridges the access points and they they in inverted commas got into the town yes right next to some bt estates but they were driven back so the community reacted with lightning speed and somehow driven, driven back how that's what I was actually asking my wife this morning because we were in that exact spot today. Um, I think warning shots were fired, rubber bullets from the cops, the few cops that were there, the private security guys had pepper spray. So they were just doing whatever they could to push the crowds and disperse them backwards. And they, they did, hey? And they pushed them all the way back across the bridge. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, you know, they didn't penetrate again thereafter. But, um, I mean, it was just unbelievable. The guys in the community were just next level insane. Yeah. Um, a lot of Chuck Norris is around. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I was just wondering. I mean, some of these guys who, who, and look, we're making light of it, but we should. We should laugh at stuff. If there yeah, was a guy yeah. somewhere and he's got this bulletproof vest, he's got this Glock, he's got this camera pants that he's been dying to just try out at some stage. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like, yeah, let's do this. But when, like you're saying with the community, it was interesting here because the the closest, well, one of the the communities close to us is Cosmo City. It's probably about 30 minute drive from here, and. Okay. There was rumors the one day, I can't remember when it was, of these these looters in, in their gang or however big group this was approaching Cosmo City. And I, I was driving somewhere and I was listening to Talk Radio 702 and some guy phoned in and he said, listen, he's leaving his office in Santon. For those of you that don't know, that's like one of the wealthier areas in South Africa. Um, very big financial district. He was leaving his office there to go back to Cosmo City because their community group, which he's a part of, is now going to basically surround the mall. And if those guys want to come, he says, they must come. We're ready for them. And that yeah. kind of thing, that's, I think that goes down to the spirit of the people. I mean, that, that's, that's, yeah. that's special. Hey? Unbelievable. It was such a weird emotional roller coaster because we had what you've just described. Um, we, we had sort of three major um, towns that had a very similar reaction, you know, and um, it, it, it was weird. Hey? An emotional roller coaster of notes. I went from, you know, I went from Monday morning, our Monday morning meeting that we were sitting in, you know, in the meeting. I don't know if you guys heard because my mic was on mute, but there were yeah. gunshots in the background. I was flinching throughout the whole meeting. <laughs> it was people like, didn't get could, enough sleep, but uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like my shoulders were clenched like this the whole time. I was like, ah, you know, oh. just it was right outside our door um, because we, you know, the community were used, were walking close to the estate. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, so I went from this, this, when I talk about emotional rollercoaster, I went from this like dread, oh my word, the world is ending, you know, like, I mean, you know, my wife and I and my family in the estate, we all got our cars facing outward. We all packed bags and packed our passports ready to run if we had to. It was that, that shit's bad. insane. Yeah, that was hectic. It was, oh, and yeah. on top of that, 
we, we also isolated. So what we did was we charged all our power banks, mm-hmm. but all of our households also filled our bars to the brim and we got every kind of bucket and any container that could hold water to hold water in, mm. um, in case, because we didn't know what was going on, um, you know, because we quickly learned that this has changed. So it went from this like doomsday prepper, you know, the stuff you only see on TV. Um, it went from that to all of us creating these community patrols and groups um, yeah. fighting back. And then all of a sudden there's this amazing sense of pride. So I went from this doomsday feeling to this overwhelming sense of pride to an emotional point, you know, where I can see all my mates gathering, defending. Yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable here. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder, I mean, so looking at it from an international point of view, the people obviously saw the bad. They now yeah. hear you tell this story of basically prepping for the worst getting in your car and running across the border to leave South Africa and stuff. And they're always very quick to comment on that. It's like, yeah. and, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a thing of, oh man, Africa again, oh, we're so sorry for you guys and this and that. I just wish that the international media could tell the rest of the story, what you said now, where there's a yeah. sense of pride and look at, and this guy going to protect his community and people standing up and because that doesn't sell. But that is also yes. out there. It's it's such a big thing, man. It's a huge thing. It is an absolute huge thing. Do you know, can I tell you something so weird? Okay, so when this thing kicked off, the speed at which WhatsApp groups um, and uh, sort of uh, what's it called, Telegram groups were created was insane. Okay? Yeah. And the rosters, Excel spreadsheets, there must be some Excel masters out there. These things were up running security shift, bang, within half a day, we all knew where we had to be at what time. Okay, which fence we're patrolling, which which entry point we're barricading, etc. Yeah, unbelievable. Then, unfortunately, what started to happen is the guys who are instigating this whole thing um, in the background they started to send a lot of false information, okay. and they used social media against, of course, the people. Yeah, so we started getting these horrendous voice notes and messages via WhatsApp and forwarded WhatsApp messages of like stuff that I'd rather not repeat. Sure, but um, like three you know. Threatening, yeah, 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 because they wanted to instill fear because fear would break us and then we would disperse and then they would get in. That's that was their tactic. You know, and to watch the news, we know what the news is like, we know what the media is like. Do you know my most accurate source of information during this whole thing? Yeah. How I learned what was going on was TikTok. Ah. I was I was on TikTok constantly because it's raw footage. Yeah. There were guys, there, there were even looters. So the best part of this whole thing is even the looters and the rioters themselves were live on TikTok while they Looting. No way. Oh, yeah. There's that. There's that very. Um, there's that famous one of the guy eating the cake. You'll yes. probably find that online. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he was. So these guys were all online. Um, <laughs> so we were getting raw feed from the ground, and you know the guys. Uh, you know there was all walks of life, all races, all religions, posting on TikTok what was yeah. going on. That was my source of information. Mm. It was unbelievable. It's actually it's interesting so, to yeah. say that because I mean. In the past, if you look at what happened in the past, Twitter was always that vehicle where yes. they would live Twitter and stuff like that. And I still, look, we're jumping slightly, but I think some people out there still see TikTok as a platform where young girls do dances and trends and stuff like that. I, I mean, yeah. I scroll and I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this. I must spend between 30 and 45 minutes per day just scrolling TikTok, consuming. Yeah. And the stuff yeah. you learn from movies to politics to nature, it is unbelievable. It's, it's a great source of information. It really and truly is. And it's visual. And it where, was, where if someone had yeah. to type it on Twitter, that's one thing. But now you've got a live feed for you, what's happening 2Ks down the road. Yeah, yeah. It was surreal. I must say, it was an absolutely surreal. Um, you know, for the guys who didn't follow the TikTok feeds and, and listen to those voice notes alone, I mean, they must have lived in absolute fear. I imagine. Because it was all one-sided. And watching the news didn't help. Um, no. Yeah, of course. They want know, the so, dramatic stuff. Exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, TikTok was my, you know, it was, yeah. it was, we could see what was cutting. Yeah. We could see. Like, I'm sure you've seen yeah. this one. My dad sent it to me, uh, like, while it was happening and stuff as well. Even my dad, he's 70 something. Well, he's 70 now. He's on TikTok and he sends me all these TikTok. It's awesome. But there's this one that went around and I don't remember which town it was, but it was inside a shopping mall and there was a checkers. And the checkers people, for those people internationally, it's like a convenience store. And the people working there, took all the olive oil and like cooking oil uh, and they yeah. covered the floor in front of the store. <laughs> and then some of the other feeds, you've got these guys, these looters coming and they're just falling all over the show. It, yes. That's it was both genius and hilarious at the same time. 
I loved it. It just, you know, they, they poured, what was it, 10,000 rands worth of oil mm. onto the floor. Yes. That made me the happiest human. Yeah. You know, if, if all of this just led to that moment, I'm done. Like, yeah, it's worth, it was it's just worth so it. classic. Yeah. For, for those oh, of you, for the international people <laughs> listening, what you got to do, so I mean, with all these looting and riots in South Africa, there's, we're looking at the silver lining here, but go and look for, I don't know, what would you Google? Checkers, sure. oil, looters. I'm sure you'll yeah. find it. It has gone I'm everywhere. sure that'll pop up. It, it was amazing. viral. Yeah. It is just too no, absolutely. But now, let's yeah. say, when, when you were now packed and ready to leave, let's mm. say, worst case happened, where would you have gone? Would you have crossed? It was such a difficult um, decision because where we situated, you know, we, we've got the coast as a, as a natural barrier, which yeah. means we can, we've got three, now we've only got three directions, inland, north or south. Yes. South, south was a definite no-go zone. That's where the worst of it was happening toward yep. Durban. So that was definitely not going to happen. <laughs> so we had to try and perhaps go north, but, you know, they were blocked, they'd blocked the toll gate. There's a toll gate about five kilometers from yes. us. And they'd closed the road with burning tires. So what we were probably going to do is we, we know a back road, a farm road that we use to go to a secret beach. You know, locals know about this beach that we go right. to. So we were probably just going to use farm roads, like just get away from um, an area. Yeah, because what we were assuming is we, we noticed a trend that they were going for um, uh, shopping malls. All right, they wanted they were clearly stealing stuff. So, yeah. you know, what we were going to hopefully do is let them be distracted by the stealing while we get away. You know, okay. so we were going to head north, just get into the sugarcane fields, um, and yeah, just, yeah, yeah. just drive north. Uh, I guess you know I know Swaziland's going through a bit of unrest and Mozambique, so we'd have to aim for. Yo, somewhere like, else, eh? Like hit a left and go towards Botswana. Eh? <laughs> I'm telling you, yes, I think well, I had Botswana in my mind, um, no. but I was going to aim for Mpumalanga. I think that was going to be my first port of port, yeah. um, sort of uh, Nelspruit area, yeah. because uh, they, I hadn't heard much from there. Mm. So it's it's you know what the thing with with and with all of this. I mean, you you had it, and most of our wilder guys has it with from people international following us. They they see the bad and. There's this perception out there that South Africa, and look, we, we always have this thing, are we first world or third world? Because yeah. we, we, can, we can do both, right? The way it's going. <laughs> but I just, I just hope that the international audience, and, and not just for people who want to travel here, but just the perception yeah. of us and, and all of that. Like, and maybe, look, I'm, I'm talking on personally here. I don't want their pity. Because yeah. people are oh, shame. You guys, I don't want that. Because... And what we've done now as well, and all of the people that I know here, I mean, other friends and stuff down that part of the world, everybody's looking at the upside. Like, yeah. we can wallow in misery and be fucking miserable for days about this. But, hey, we move on. South Africa, we make a plan. We move on. And yeah. that's the thing that I think we need to get that message out. And if, people, if yeah. you look back at our history, I mean, for us to have gone from, 19, from Sharpville massacre all the way to Mandela getting um, nominated as president and us transitioning to a, a proper democracy, realistically, to have done that without a civil war and without bloodshed yeah. is insane. Yeah. No other country in the world can say that. I'm, I'm speaking under correction, but that's a huge deal. And that yeah. thing still, race, creed, color, whatever it is, I still think, I mean, the, the lady that comes in a couple of times a week um, that works with us here, she told me stories from where she came from, and it's the same thing. She's like, screw these oaks. We can do this. They won't beat us. That's the message. That's your Yeah, message. Yeah, 100%. You know, the guys, um, we saw it here, the guys in Soweto, when I heard that the riots had kicked off in Soweto, I thought, I thought, well, here we go. I mean, I thought now, I thought that poor place is going to get hammered. Pieces, yeah. But I don't know if you followed their story, but the, the locals there yeah. were – they were like inviting the looters to come. They said, please, we want you to come. Yeah. Like, I, I remember the one guy on the news feed, he even said, um, if you, just a message to the looters, if you, if you are heading this way, please take an extra hour to prepare because you have no idea what you're walking into. Nice. I love that. I was like, wow. <laughs> and then it goes back to what you, yeah. And then it goes back to what you're saying about the resilience of South Africans. I mean, I mean it is, it is uh, you know, like I said, I went from being a doomsday doomsday kind of preacher to a full-blown um proud south african within a 24-hour period it yeah. didn't take long for me to shake it off and get going i always i always i mean 
as South Africans, and I mean, when we travel internationally in Africa, not so much, but once you start going out of Africa, there's like, I'm going to say this without offending other countries. So we, we make a plan, right? We, yes. if whatever it takes, if I want to get something or I need to get something done, we make that happen. Sometimes yeah. by doing an African handshake or whatever the case, but we get stuff done. And I'm, ju- I'm yeah. just thinking now when you say that, we were at we were in San Francisco one year, John and myself, and we finished a travel show. So at the end of the show, we had a couple of boxes, like think of a, a ream of paper, like a box with like five reams of paper. There must have been yeah. about seven or eight of those. So our, our, our hotel was, I mean, 800 meters up the road, but we're not going to carry that. Okay. Yeah. So at the end yeah. of the show, we say goodbye to everybody, walk out, we put these things. Now, the front of this convention center is it's a, it's a pavement. There's tar all the time in the world because the cars turn there and there's pavement. So we put these things on the pavement. We've got an Uber coming. Now, there's yeah. no, dude, there's nobody around us. Not a single person, nobody, nothing. So then the security card comes out of nowhere, right? Yeah. And he says, you can't put those things there. I'm like, so, so, sorry, but why not? He says, no, that's a fire hazard. Oh. <laughs> so, 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 so first we look at each other and we look at him and it's like, what are you talking about? So on the front of the pavement, on the side, there's literally a red line that they've painted there. Everything this side is a fire hazard and we're there. A meter to the one side, we will be a non-fire hazard. So he says, we okay. have to move these boxes now. So I'm like, no, no. So now the South African in me is like, dude, no, explain to me why, then I'll do it. But otherwise, no. And the yeah. it's a fire hazard. So now I'm asking, listen, if it's a fire hazard here, but not here, and it's blue skies, tar around us, there's... Oh, no, but you have to. Why? Why should I? No, but you have yeah. to. Why? And this kept on going until our Uber came on. So, so <laughs> that idea of, of we, if we just, and I'm trying to link this up, if we just follow the rules like they should be, things won't always work. Yes. I, 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 sound, I probably sound like a very terrible person, but by bending and being able to challenge certain things, I think that's what makes us so resilient. We're going to challenge yeah. the looters. We're going to challenge... If someone says to me something that I don't agree with because I think you're corrupt, I'm not going to just accept it. And I think yeah. that that's a kind of spirit of the Africa thing. And I think it's a good thing for us. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, hundred percent correct. I think we're such a proud nation, but it's how we use that pride. You know, it's, it's done in a certain way. That's it's still, you know, it's admirable. It's not like, we're not like the, I don't see us, at least I hope I don't see us as the Karens of the world, you know, where we, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Where we, we just assume, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that we make a plan, 100% make a plan. We, we will stand up for what's not right. I think that's what's important as yeah. well. Did, did you and know I think last year, 2020, with COVID, I think yeah. there was, and this is the most random stat, but it was the biggest drop in names given to new babies was Corin. It went from like <laughs> down to there in the US. Like, okay, Corin's done. We're not calling her that anymore. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's fascinating. It's, it's, it's going to be funny in years to come. Totally bizarre. Um, no, it is unbelievable. It was such a surreal week, and you know, there's still. I must say, um, you know, we also very much a community of once bitten, twice shy. So there is still a dark cloud looming. Um, mm. But it's just, I think it's just from a because again, that all that false information is being fed back to the guys, and yeah. um, yes. But so we 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 still we we now are prepared. We. Yeah. You know, everything's getting back to normal, but we, we know that's, you know, yeah. we're not going to get let that happen again. Look, I mean, what, what you have, I mean, you can take from it whatever you want. Resilience, we made it through this. Imagine all the campfire stories you now have for when you go and support. 100%. 100%, eh? Jeez, but do you reckon people will believe them? That's the question. I mean, well, I mean, do they, do they ever believe some of the stories we tell them? Sometimes no, that's true. Some stories that's... and people are like, what? And they just eat I've up. stopped telling stories. Yeah, 100%. I've stopped telling certain stories because of that, because I... You know, I got so many, like, oh, really? You know, when people say, oh, is it? Oh, really? Yeah, you know, they don't say that. They won't say it to your face, but you know. <laughs> but then, yeah. look, I think, I think we are to blame as well, because, I mean, I'm sure you've done it, and I'm sure every guy yeah. has done it. Once you meet your people, your guests, and you kind of, and sometimes you have a rapport with them in like 10 minutes, other times it takes a day or two to settle in. But then you yeah. kind of start poking and, 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 and kind of shaking them up a bit. Like the one lady just off the top, we, we, she was from the UK, first time ever in Africa. Her, um, it was the husband, the wife, and two kids. First time in Africa. Yeah. They came to Medikwe, our guide, to fetch him at the airstrip. We drive up, and 
We stop because this is the kid's first time. There's impala. They lose their mind. Ah, it's an ant. It's a deer. It's a deer. No, it's an antelope. So we look at this thing. We drive a little bit further on. We see zebra. The kids lose their minds. And this this lady, I mean, they were a lovely family. She's looking around, but she's kind of not sure about something. I said, what was her name? I must remember that. Uh, is everything okay? And she looks around and she says to me, no, no, no. Everything's fine. But how often do the landscapers come through here? Like oh, in the bush. Oh. Because of this, not, and first I laugh at her, right? Because yeah. it's funny, but then you realize, right. Now this is before all Google and everything. So they couldn't, they couldn't really have research, but no idea. Anyway, so the next day morning, we go out and drive. They're all psyched. I explained to her, the elephants knock the things over. This is natural. If we were here or not, blah, 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 blah. Next morning, Warthog runs, tail comes up, right? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Why does that happen? And now you've got a rapport. So I said, you know what? If you look at this Warthog, right? It's, it's a pig and the skin sits really tight. Like you can't really do like pull the skin up. And if you yeah. look at the height of this pig, right? It's kind of eye level with the grass. So when he runs, yeah. the grass hits him in the eyes. And then because the skin is so tight, when he closes his eyes, it pulls the tail up. <laughs> and they're like, oh my goodness, nature is amazing. And you would ride that until the very last day. So I think maybe there's stuff like that why people don't believe us could be. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I agree. I've, yeah, I had a very similar one. Um, I, I love it. I, I think that's great. I must actually remember the Warthog one. But, you know, there, I was on a vehicle with guests and uh, they, were, they were from the States as well. They had a wicked sense of humor. All of them. They were, it was three couples of friends. So six, six oh, yeah. guests in total. Um, but one of the guys, the one of the guys was the chirper of the group. And for they were there for four days and for two days solid, he was just giving it a eh? like chirp after chirp to me, to everyone, anyone, anyone who, just have a you go, knew. Yeah. yeah. And um, so we all just started to know we've had enough of this now, but of course this was all in jest. Eh? It was all great. Like really, really good fun. <clears throat> so the guests said to me, Matt, please, we've got to set this guy up. Like we've got to, you know, he, we've got to bring him down from his, his pedestal. Yeah. And uh, so I couldn't think of anything eh? like a, I thought, do we jump out the bush and scare the guy? Or, you know, do I make him eat elephant dung? Like all the good old <laughs> classic ranger tricks. It's yeah. like, um, I couldn't think of anything. And then the moment hit me and we had come across a herd of elephant. Now, in the reserve we were in, they were monitoring the elephants. Now, if you don't, so they collar the matriarchs. Okay, the matriarchs lead the herd. Yes. So they, they put a big collar on you. I'm sure you've seen it a million times, but, you know, it's got that big, the big battery pack block. on the, the big block. Yeah. Okay, so there's this massive battery pack on the top of the neck and this, this thing hanging down. Yeah. And I don't know how this came out, but it's still one of my most favorite moments in the bush. Okay? I don't know how it all came to. And because this guy, the chirper, said to me, Matt, what is that? Oh, man. On the elephant's head. So I said, oh, it's the Wi-Fi router. <laughs> and he goes, what? <laughs> and I said, no, it's the Wi-Fi router. He says, you mean Wi-Fi as in Wi-Fi? As in like, you can get an internet. I said, yeah. He says, no, you're lying. And I said, no, it makes so much sense. I said, look, you're in the bush, um, you know, middle of nowhere. What if there's an emergency? You want to be able to log on and get hold of someone. He says, but why do you put on an elephant? And I said, well, because it's mobile. You can get it wherever you go. <laughs> and he fell for this, hey, straight up. He fell for it. I couldn't believe, like, it started off as like a, I don't know, like, but it just snowballed and it became like legit. So I said to him, I said, you know, eventually it went on and on and back and forth and back and forth. And I, it, I thought I was convincing this guy. And, and then I knew I had him when I said to him, okay, take out your phone and search. It'll be, um, I, th what, it'll be I think we're in Pinder. So yeah. it'll, be, it'll come up as Pinder Elephant 1 or something like that. You'll see that. So he takes out his, legit takes out his phone and he starts searching no. for the Wi-Fi. <laughs> no, come on. Oh, and my the rest of the group, are they just falling all over the show? Oh, they were... Yes, they were just, it, we were all destroyed. I, I, we I all assume so his chirping stopped a little bit after then. It, it just, it came to a grinding halt. That was it. We won. He put up the white flag. It was just a wonderful victory. By far, that is genius. <laughs> genius. The, the funny, I mean, we, we joke about kind of having mobile everywhere. We, yeah. we, you're going up to the Mara camp a couple of weeks from now, hey? Yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So for those people also listening that have been to the camp, if you drive out of our camp and you turn right up the river road, You've got a lodge called Serena. So it's on this big hill mm. and, and you can drive around this hill. So many years ago, about six, seven years ago, we had, we had Wi-Fi at camp, which is cool in the main area, not at the rooms because you need to sleep there. 
But we had a group of Koreans come in, lovely people. But, but on day three or four, they realized in the vehicle driving, because Serena has two or three crossing points at the bottom of it. So you, you spend a lot of time there. They realized that if they drive there, I don't know how they found this out. They can get the Wi-Fi from Serena in that area. They only wanted to drive there. They, yes, they, that's hectic, yeah. But then on the one side, they bitch and moan because they didn't see the lion or the leopard up a tree. But then yeah. James, the driver said, yeah, but you guys want Wi-Fi. What do you want me to do here? So, so yeah, the idea yeah. of having mobile Wi-Fi, I think a lot of people <laughs> would actually sign up for it, which is scary. Yeah, it is. It's well, I mean, it's probably more scary if it's on an elephant. Eh? I mean, cheapest. But what if he runs <laughs> away unreal, with your phone? Like, catch I suppose, up? yeah. I suppose. It'll just You'll have to deal with the circle of death for a bit longer. If you have bad Wi-Fi when you zoom and the thing sticks all the time, that's just horrible. Yeah, isn't that just fun? But now, yes, when, no, that's when are you heading back to the bush? Uh, this So Saturday, I fly to Joburg mm -hmm. um, to fetch some gear. And then on Sunday, I fly off to Jamala. And oh, no, that's, just, that's with Pam and them, hey? That's with Pam and them. And yeah. then we head to Sabi Bush Camp and then back. Um we, yeah, so that's, I'm very excited about. Um, nice I haven't been to the Sands for a while. Yeah. Nice combo. Yeah. Uh, since lockdown, I think I've been to back to the Sands once, briefly. So I'm very excited to get back there and see what's going on. Yeah. Um, I was speaking to a client last night, and we were looking at a private option for November, just a four or five day, because it's, it's part of a big itinerary. And okay. looking at a mala mala, like beginning of November for four or five days. And there really yeah. is something special about that part of the world in yeah. that, look, this is not a pitch to anybody, but that you almost know what you're going to get. You know yes. the bush, you know it produces, you know you're going to get close-up action. Um, yeah. And it, there's an excitement level to going to that low-felt area. It's really special. 100%. It, it truly is. It really is. Um, it's, yeah, you, for a photographic, you know, from a photographic point of view, mm. uh, you know, the, the options are endless, you know, because you can almost preempt certain photographs in a way. I, I yeah. hope I don't kick myself <laughs> shoot sure. myself in the foot by saying Matt, that but it, you know, if you're listening to this um matt's confirming <laughs> that you're all of those shots that's, that's why i'm like oh my gosh can we cut oh. that out um no but do you know you like you say oh man i really want to see a leopard in a tree the sabi sands is a place that you can actually go out for yeah. that mm -hmm. in particular as much as you'd go out in the mara for a crossing you can go out yeah if you want uh, a male lion for example <laughs> uh, you know lying up on a mound you know these are the types of things you can try and mm. you know yeah, I mean, together hedging your bets yes yes yeah um and, and, and the sands is by far the place where we've been more successful in that um yep. sort of area okay. than any other reserve i've been to I mean, you follow johan and them online yes on on yes, instagram yeah. and you yeah. see from the images so they got their crossings but also uh, for those of you going up to the mara what's today today is like the 20th of july or something 21st i don't yeah. know um but i think for the next few weeks there's a male leopard that hangs around camp and if you yeah. drive out of that, they've seen him now. There's also a female hanging around the area. So mm. I would never say to someone who wants to see leopard, go to the Mara. However, yeah. there's a very good chance that you might see a leopard there. But if you want just leopards, you don't, don't go there for that. 100%. To the low felt for that. South Luangwa has an argument. I mean, they, they make a good shout. But still, Mala Mala, Londo, Sangita, Sabi Sabi, that whole oh. greater Kruger area is phenomenal. Oh, 100%. You can, I used to joke with my ranger mates, now I'm going to put them into hot water because I used to joke because they gave me grief about all their leopard sightings. And I said, yeah, but it's easy. You just walk up to any tree in the sand, you kick it and a leopard will fall out. I mean, yeah, man, what do you want? <laughs> Actually, I had a thing once where Nancy, I mean, Nancy, I'm mean, amazing. I've done many trips with her. She's phenomenal. But yeah. she wanted to do one of our workshops out of Bush Lodge where you're going to stay. So, sobby, sobby. Yeah. so we ran this photographic workshop with 20 people, all the guides went up and stuff. And she was looking at doing the bolt on. So we would go to Salati, another one of the yeah. Sabi Sabi lodges, and stay there for like four or five days extra. So at one stage, I'm talking to her about you should do it and stuff because she's never been at this time because literally leopards fall out of trees there, like for real. Yeah. And she says, yeah. okay, I'll book, but you need to show me a leopard falling out of trees. It's like, oh, shit. Okay. Oh, grief. So she booked us. We do the workshops. <laughs> great. We go to Sabi Sabi. I can't remember the lion, the, the leopard's name. It's, it's like seven, eight years ago. And we, it was Previa, still the guide. So driving around, and there's a female. Let's call her the White Dam. It was something like that. Female. She's up a tree. Next moment, her two youngsters, like six months-ish, one male, yeah. young, one female, they're with her in this tree. So they're up and down, and they're playing. Mom comes down. She leaves. Probably goes hunting or something. These two are now in the tree. Struis 
God. They start fighting with each other and one no. of them falls out of the tree. I'm, yes. It's the first time ever in a sighting. I'm like, yes, hands up. <laughs> and, and the other guests are like, what the hell? It's like, Nancy, there, you see, yeah. your, your leopard fell out of a tree. It was, it was just a legend moment. It's like that. What on earth? Yes, how's that? Eh? Ah, it's madness. Eh? Drop the mic moment. Yeah, yes. 100%. No, I love and that. I mean, but that's what happens in the sands. That, but that, yo, that's the thing. You go there for, I mean, the, one of the nicest private itineraries I think I did was a combination of Masamara for five days, Vic Force yeah. two days, Sabi Sands for five days. So you that's get insane. Days, everything and that. It's a great combo. That's really. insane. Yeah. Yeah. The nice thing with South Africa as well is you can then do Cape Town Bolton. So easy. Fight. I was going to say, yeah. If you, if you did that, I mean, geez, how's that for a line straight down the continent? Eh? I mean, or sort nice. of. <laughs> I think yeah. the one. The other one, which was pretty cool, was I did um, uh, Mara week in the migration, great migration week. One night in Nairobi, then Madagascar for nine nights, and then back yeah. to South Luangwa for like five. That was also, that's cool. a, that, that, but that's, but that's the thing. I mean, if people book a safari, there's so many ways to, to stick it together. 100%. That's what I love about it. Uh, mm. You know, when I started guiding, I used to look, I started guiding in KZN. Yes. And I would look around and be like, oh my word, why would I ever leave? There's so much KZN has to offer. Yeah. Then I went, I guided, then I spent some time in Sabi Sands, Timbavati. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, this, whatever I knew is now just double. Yeah. You know, now there's so much more diversity. And then, yeah. of course, in between, I went to Cape Town. I was like, oh wow, well, that's also. Yeah. And then, like, the more I travel, the more I realize how much yeah. there is to see. And the combinations you can put together are just like <clears throat> next level. Yeah. Just next level. I don't think a lot of, I mean, some of the weird questions, and we've mentioned this in the podcast in the past, but someone would say like, they they going to the Kruger, can they do a day trip to see the gorillas? Like more than once. Or okay. someone would say, for example, we've got an East Africa, they're doing a, a Tanzanian safari combined with a Masamara safari. Like, can they do um, a day to go and taste wine and then carry on? So, but But the thing is, I mean, look, it's it's funny if you understand it, but if you don't understand it, it it, it it's a normal thing. However, yeah. those things are possible if it's planned correctly. Yes, and that, that that's yeah. where that's where I think. And I was speaking to to Apple Sammy, the, um, one of our other new guides, and he was also saying, you know what? How how do we how do we always get? And I mean, there's nice guests. I think it's because we're very visual online, we're visible online. Um, people know what they get, and there's communication. Like we explain these things. You're not going to just take yeah. someone's money. You, you, they know what they're in for. And that's, that's a good thing. 100%. I think it's a fantastic thing. Mm. Um, I was actually saying to a mate the other day, because he said, he asked me something very similar. He says, oh, you must get a lot of difficult guests. And I said, no, no. Well, I mean, we've, def- um, we've all got stories, haven't oh. we? I mean, we've all got wonderful we stories. podcast like that one day, but with whiskey. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get myself into a lot of trouble. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> But I said to you know, I think for the most part, the people that are coming out here are very like-minded, like us, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, they want to be here. They want to see what we want to see. Um, sure. So before you even start, you're on the same playing field. You mm. know? Um, and yeah, it's actually quite the opposite. We have so many more um, wonderful, joyous experience rather than, than the, the nasties. Yeah, I think I think also, I mean, because, and social media, there's an argument, social media changes people, this, that, the other. I think it's an amazing thing because organically, we share what we do. So by the time someone meets you for the first time, like, hi, Matt, my name is John, they know who you are. They've seen what you've done. They know your work. Yeah. If you're visible on stories and stuff, they, they kind of understand who you are. It's not like in the old days where you fetch a client from the airstrip and you barely know who at the, what the wife's name is. That yes. was hard. Yes. So now it was hard. A, there's a rapport. The moment you meet someone, there's already some kind of common ground. And that, that's, that's that true. makes life so much easier. Yeah, 100% correct. Uh, um, yeah, absolutely. Because I started guiding 10 years ago now. And it was, social media was there uh, for sure. But mm, it was like Facebook like days. What it is. Yeah, yeah. And it was more like just mates. In fact, we were when I started guiding, even about two years in, we were told strictly not to... We were not allowed to add guests onto our Facebook. Um, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were under strict instruction to not, you know, that's a guest is a guest and your Facebook is private. We don't want guests seeing you running around shirtless. Um, wow, how the world has changed, eh? I, don't, I know, I know. Um, absolutely. It's, it's now become such a tool. Mm. 
Um, yeah, she's it's and you're right. So like to be able to now chat with guests before you see them, you can just hit the ground running, so to speak. <laughs> I had yeah, a, which is awesome. It's great. I had a I had a chat with a client last night talking about the Mala Mala trip, and she's mm. been to Africa many times. Linda, she's done a lot of our trips. Great photographer, and then she so and the cool thing is with being able to discuss and have zooms with your clients before or follow them on Instagram. And I said to her, you know what? We are going to go to Mala Mala now for five nights. I think it is. But, and she said, I want this shot and that. She said, okay, here's what I want you to do. Over the next few weeks, because we have time, it's only in November, go and do screenshots of the type of images that you want. Like, yeah. I don't care whose image it is, but I need to see inside your head what you're seeing. So tell yeah. me what images you want, whether it's mine or Matt's or Paul Nicklin's, it doesn't matter. But show me the images that speak to you because then my job's easier. I'm not trying to create something for you that you've explained badly. So, and, mm. and that ability as well. I mean, people might be drawn to a photographic style or a personality or a destination. And yeah. all of that is possible because of that social media thing. 100%. And what you've probably, what you've just said is maybe say, what, two days of their safari? 100%. Of small talk back and forth. Yeah. You know, that awkward, that awkward, like, uh, maybe more days. I don't know. But, no, um, for sure. Because, yeah, I mean, back in the day, it would take you at least a day or two to introduce yourself, get to know the guests by then they toward the latter half of yeah. the and then you're, you're a later. I, I also think what I quite enjoy is whether, especially from a mobile device point of view, like WhatsApp groups. When I got to Iceland, the first thing I did is, okay, everybody on one WhatsApp group, myself, all my guests and our local guide. So we use that and you share like pictures in the field of people and you just pump it on there. And like, hey guys, we're only going to meet half an hour later for breakfast or whatever the case is. People yeah. stay in touch much longer after the fact but also from a preparation point of view, people will be in Kenya. We're flying to the Mara that morning, first time there. And then they just on WhatsApp, okay, hey, gee, should I, get my, should I get my camera ready? Yes, take this, this, leave the rest in the car. You're good. It, it, yeah. The whole experience is just streamlined and, and almost supersized. A hundred percent. I agree. There's, yeah, because I mean, what's the, the purpose of you being on Safari or on this is to sort of, you know, in, if you're on a photographic thing, is to get going, isn't it? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you've been waiting so long for this trip. You want to hop in that vehicle, get going and start taking pictures. Yeah. Imagine now faffing around at the lodge, trying to choose what equipment you want. And, oh, no, it's a nightmare. The old uh, you're right. It's, it, it has streamlined it, mm. you know, amazingly well. Yeah. What equipment um, are you shooting now? I've got a 7D Mark II. Okay. So I'm still Canon. Yeah. Um, I say I'm still Canon because I'm starting to look around now. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've got a 100-400 Mark II lens. Nice. And I've got my little nifty 50. And yeah. I've just recently, my 2470 is just broken. But that's what I normally used to have. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, what are you looking years. at? I think it's just new gear. Yeah. I, I um, am fascinated by the mirrorless world. So, you know, I've shot with Nikon. I've shot with now Canon. And so I'd like to move into the mirrorless world just to get a bit more affair with it. I mean, I know it. Um, but just to be able to use it more. It would, be, mm. it would be great for me. It's, it's, it's the way forward, in my opinion. Um, oh, 100%. Are, are you looking yeah. at a specific brand or model at this stage? Yo, it, it, ask me now and ask me tomorrow. I'll have two yeah. very completely different. <laughs> um, I almost want to... Um, I've, 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 kept coming, I've kept circling back to Canon, and the reason why is... Um, yeah, Sony, Sony is awesome. Um, yeah, I just, a lot of my guests have been using Canon. Um, at the moment so that's why i keep circling back to it sure but having a look at the specs and stuff like i say tomorrow i'll tell you sony i can guarantee i'll go back to sony tomorrow but look um, i mean the r the r5 r6 and then the r3 that's coming out that looks solid hey that, yeah yeah the r6 i shot with it i did a little photographic tour with the the photo our local photo club um i led the photographic tour oh shucks maybe a, two months ago or so yeah and two of the guests had R6s, which I shot with. Of course, we swapped cameras around and we all shot. And I yeah. shot with the R6. It was awesome, hey? Mm. It was brilliant. I put my 100-400 that I've got, um, the Mark II, onto that. And it was a phenomenal combo, yeah. really and truly. See, I the low-light stuff is just insane. That's the thing. I think there's still... Look, I mean, there's no denying mirrorless is the only way to go forward. It's yeah. There's some diehards and stuff. But the one thing... And there's some people shooting mirrorless around the world that still make it like it's this, this mystical unicorn that you have to tame somehow. Yeah. It's just a camera. Like, it is. Literally. I've had, so, I mean, I, I used to shoot Nikon originally when I just started out from film days and then into digital. Um, but since then, I've shot 
pretty much everything because I would normally like you, if, if my guests are shooting Canon, I'll take Canon gear from the office or Nikon Olympus, Sony, whatever the case might be. But there's still people who are scared of mirrorless because they think it's this brand new thing. No, yeah. let's, let's, if you take an old Nokia, like the that brick, fucking huge thing, right? You dialed someone on by going 082509 on the iPhone, yeah. and you do it exactly the same. It's just a different interface. So yeah. the aperture works the same. The shutter speed works the same. The exposure yeah. comp button is the same. I think a lot of people are, 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 are being scared of the mirrorless kind of technology by people who make like it's, oh, it's this big deal. It's just a camera. It's, yeah. it's still like I, I would put a hundred, well, I put all my money that I can give you a Sony A1 now, leave you alone for 15 minutes and you'll, you'll know everything. That's, that's really how easy it oh. is. That's really 100%. how easy it is. 100%. I've had so many guests ask me, they ask me what I shoot with. I'll tell them, I'll tell them about my body and my lens. And they, they almost get like despondent. They go, oh, oh. So I say, why? What's wrong? And they say, like, yeah. And I'm like, no. <clears throat> they say, no, I've got a, I've got a, 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 a Canon R6, for example, mm -hmm. mirrorless. So I said, oh, okay. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a mirrorless. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Let's go. It's yeah. fine. Don't worry. It's fine. Uh, I remember, and I've used this analogy often. I mean, I was doing a presentation in Cape Town. I think it was for Wild Shots. But the, the thing I always say is, like, and I use this on stage when I was talking, I said, you know what, brands don't, it doesn't matter what you shoot. Nobody walks up to a picture on the wall, looks at it and says, holy hell, this is beautiful. This must have been taken by a Nikon. Yeah. Nobody yeah. said that. So I said, no I mean, come on, guys, who agrees? This one woman, I shit you not, she stands up and she says, I can see what camera it was taken with. There's like 400 people in this auditorium. She's like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, how? I mean, honest to God, how once you've processed it and you put, there is no way. The only, the only exception, funny enough, and I, I Wonder what you think. The the first 7D, 7D1, combined yeah. with 100, 400, that had a very, very unique bouquet at the back. It almost had like a, a linear grid pattern at certain apertures. That's the okay. only one you can almost see. But right now, yeah. I mean, yeah. I've literally challenged people by an iPhone picture versus an Olympus picture next to each other on my screen. Which one's which? Yeah. You can't call it. I took better shots, I think, in Iceland with my phone. Yeah. But people worry about whether it's but, but, but I mean, for people getting into it now, you must buy mirrorless. It, it really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. I've also said the same. I've said, you know, when mirrorless first came out, that there were the two things that I was most worried about. Three things I was most worried about was the robustness. Yes. The price of the, price of the glass. Yeah. And the um, auto tracking, the autofocus. That combined the, the with low light, 100%. Yes. Yeah. So those are my major concerns. When mirrorless first started coming out, yes, and I think there were there were well-founded concerns when oh, it first started coming out. Agreed. Now I'm just like those those same three points are the reason why you must buy <laughs> yeah. um, mirrorless if yeah. you know what I mean. So it's it's completely turned on its head. Mm. But I mean, having said that, what I also tell my guests is, you know, some people say, "Oh, I've got a, a Canon 1200D," you know, which yeah. is that's fine. It's not a problem as well because. If you combine, if you get the basics right, if you get your aperture shutter speed ISO right and, yeah. and all of that, and your framing and your composition and all that, I mean, the power of post-production these days, oh. especially on a raw file, I mean, like, it doesn't matter, does no. it? it? No. It, yeah. So, in my opinion, but um, you're right. In the same breath, I would say, if you're going to buy new equipment, don't buy a 1200D. No. Buy a mirrorless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go buy mirrorless. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in the same breath, that would be my suggestion. Mm. That's just the way forward. Yeah, I think for me, one of the wins on the mirrorless side is the software updates. Like if I look at the Olympus stuff, so, so I shoot Olympus. I've got a whole bag full of Olympus gear from Olympus, South Africa. I'm not yeah. officially an ambassador. We work together because I said yeah. to them when they approached me, you know, I cannot not be seen helping a guest with the Nikon, Sony, Canon, and Fujifilm. I've shot all those brands. I can operate all those brands, but I cannot yeah. be exclusive based on what I do. They're yeah. brilliant. I send them images. They give me gear to try. It's amazing. But yeah. if I look back to like the, the OM-1 Mark II, and if you ever go on a trip and you want to shoot it and I'm not using it, you must go for it. it it's awesome. It's there. But I'd if I look at the first one, so they would have, for example, a thing called Pro Capture, which is still, it's like, it, it, it's like cheating, where it saves the images before you shoot. Like a yes. of, So that initially, that was only 17 frames. And you, you might have had, for example, I don't know, 120 focus points full frame. Yeah. Then you upgrade the software, suddenly Pro Capture is now 35 and your focus point is now 250. 
So every time the software updates, things change. It gets better. And yeah. that is something that I think is going to change the game in the long run. 100%. Those types of changes in a DSLR would mean you'd have to almost change your kit. Yeah, because it's because it's hardware-based. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's just... Tracking and stuff. Uh -uh. Yeah, that's why, like, it's the same for Apple, you know, like MacBooks, you know, with the antivirus software. You know, I don't have to buy that Norton antivirus ever oh again. God, in the old days, remember that. <laughs> Holy hell, exactly. And then back. you had it for six months, and then there's a new one at 2.8.3. Oh, no, man. That's just... <laughs> God, it doesn't, you gotta, then you got to update the Trojan list because there's a new yes. virus. And oh my goodness, that goes too far back. Huh? No, 100%. Now, listen quickly. So, people are now, so I'm going to add all of your links your Instagram, your website, your page on the website, your blog, everything into the description of this podcast. People cool. keen to travel with you. How would you describe your photography style? So, I am a bit different to most people. Uh, most photographers. I, I'm one of those guys that the purists always have a go at. Um, I, I like to, so I've got to be careful how I explain this. So I like to call myself a fine art photographer. Yes. All right. And I, I, I use that phrase because it, it gives me, a, it gives me a carte blanche. It, it's an excuse. Let's call it that. My, my title is an excuse <laughs> to, to go, to go a, bit, a little bit left of center. Mm -hmm. I like to underexpose, overexpose, um, you know, create very moody shots mm -hmm. Um questionably over edit some photos <laughs> but i mean I, I and think that, that's a matter of opinion yeah yeah well that's what i'm saying the purists are always uh, you know they always give it to me in the neck but um you know i'm glad that the purists are around um because they keep me um grounded as well but yeah i just like that I, it's not to say and that's why i say i've got to be careful how i describe myself because it's not to say i don't do any other style of photography that's my preferred style of photography i do all styles of photography yeah landscapes everything um you know but fine art would be my like thing. I've, 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 I don't know if I've ever told you the story of how I came about it. Huh. I, I'd taken a picture of an elephant in this watering hole swimming. Yeah. And there was, how do you describe it? So there was this one moment where this elephant, where he was this <laughs> elephant bull, he was having, he was having an absolute jaw. He was having such a good time. And he sat up and he threw his trunk up in the air, tusks up. And there's this elephant in this, body of water yeah. with his head held high and his trunk up. And I thought, man, this is an amazing photograph. Okay. So I got home all excited and I wanted to edit this photograph and I tried everything. I, <clears throat> no matter what I did, it just didn't have that same, like it just didn't pop. You know, when you want to just pop and it doesn't, yeah, I didn't feel the same. My edits felt weak and I just thought, no man, what's going on here? So literally out of frustration. And I, I mean, I was so ticked off. I just grabbed I turned it in black and white as a last resort. And then I just grabbed a graduated filter and I just threw it over the picture and I dropped the exposure just like, oh, I don't need to see this anymore. And it's like, and it's like something that was like, oh, hang on. And I was like, I like that. What if I add another? And off I went. When I look back at the picture now, it's, I don't like it. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> it, it was the birth of what I call fine art photography. Yeah. And I love it because it, you can push boundaries, you know, it's something so different. And, yeah, it's not for everyone, but it's, it's just my preferred style. Um, and I absolutely love it. I think, I mean, I'm just scrolling through your Instagram as we go. For guys, I'll, I will link this up. But if you want to go and look at Matt Yardley Africa, one word, on Instagram. So I, I've been thinking how to describe the vibe. It's almost like a, a dramatic romance of yeah. Africa or a romantic drama. It's, it's, it's somewhere for me there, what I'm looking at. I mean, yeah. it's deep, it's intense. It's obviously processed heavily. But, yeah. but... The one thing I, I appreciate and respect you for is you say what you do. A lot of people will post something and then say, oh, this is what I saw. Bullshit, John. We can see there's yeah. a radial foot on the thing's eye. But I mean, yeah. the work is absolutely magnificent. It is. Oh, thank you. It is truly spectacular. Guys, you have to go and check it out. Question, if someone now sees this, right? I'm looking at something like that. <laughs> yeah. That's got a funny story behind it, yeah. Or, I, of course, I chose that one. But I, there was one that caught my eye here. Um, this. I think that is just next level. Okay. Uh, yes, 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 so yes. I'm a client. That one also has a story. I listen to this yeah. podcast. I think, you know what? Cool. I want to travel with Matt. They look at your work. Would you be able to, in a five day safari, take someone and explain to them how, not make them professional at it, but mm. give them the guidelines on how to create this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Um, what I do on, on a five day, I'm glad you said five day because three days, eh, That's too short, tough. No. yeah, it's too short. But, um, yeah, you do need time because um, 
it's a process okay editing like that is a process it takes it's it takes a long time you know one of my photographs on my instagram with, with a with a row of elephants took me two weeks to edit that mm-hmm. um i set myself a challenge to not layer it in photoshop i did everything on lightroom but Jeez, that was a hard work yeah it was a hell of a lot of work um not to be ever done again but i can show you how to do it if you really want yeah um <laughs> For the, I'm talking to the guest who wanted two weeks of safari with me, maybe. But um, and for those people, do you use Lightroom and or Photoshop? I, I use, you know what, for fine art photography, surprisingly, I use a lot more Lightroom. What I found is that it does keep me that little bit extra, you know, that little bit more honest. Um, I think with Photoshop, you can really get carried away and it's too easy to completely lose touch with the picture. So yep. what I found is that by keeping it some, somewhat simple in Lightroom, has been far more, far, far more effective for me. Mm. And that's what I teach guests as well, because Lightroom's just a little bit user-friendly. Oh, absolutely. If you're starting out and find out the photography. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's so going back to your question is, yeah, absolutely. What I can do is, you see, when, I, when I'm on a photographic tour, you know, everyone, everybody says, can you show me how to edit like that? And it's like, well, you can only edit like that when you take a photograph in a certain way. You know, you've got to photograph the animal in a certain way with something in mind before you can edit like that. It doesn't just sort of, you know, I can't do that to any old picture. You, you've got you, to have you, something mean, in mind. You, you can't polish a turd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff going <laughs> exactly. in. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to use that. Um, <laughs> it'll be, it'll be on my business card. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, absolutely, I can teach people how to do that. I'll show them all the the tips and tricks. Um, <laughs> my father always gives me grief. My father always says, "No, man, you mustn't give away all your secrets." Um, because then everyone will do it. And I say, but that's cool. I mean, if everyone does it, because everyone's got a different story to tell. But, 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 that's the same as like business advice or social media advice. Or in yeah. this case, this, I, it is it's beautiful processing advice is yeah. people are very quick to take advice. Not many people have the follow through to actually execute to that level. So I'm happy to give everything that I know away because I know one, maybe 2% of people will actually do it. So, yeah. Yeah, Uh, 100%, 100% agree. Um, Out of all the people that I've coached through this fine art and other photography for that matter, I mean, not just fine art, all the other photographic sort of styles and tips and tricks, I mean, everyone that I've sort of walked through the process with um, hasn't really, you know, taken it to a level that they're selling pictures into, you know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. They're not not becoming professional. They love doing it and they, they will always send me pictures. Yeah. Hey, look what I've done. You know what I mean? They'll post something on Instagram, but they've never, they've never stolen anything from me. And I'm, that, I'm so happy to part with these mm. um, ideas. Just for, for people listening and guys, again, Matt Yardi Africa on Instagram, I'll link it up. Um, what people need to understand though, is people who are not as photographically literate as they would like to be yet. They're going to look yeah. at this and think, Oh shit, I'm not good enough yet because I only know the basics. The important thing, and correct me if I'm wrong, you cannot do this unless the basics is in place. So everything yeah. you get taught on, on our digital photography course online, on safaris, you as Matt, you're not just going to teach this. It's only if someone wants to go there. The foundation is still all the stuff we all know. It, yeah. No, you it's, can't just do this and expect the basics not to be there. 100%. 100% correct. And, yeah, it's, it, and if, you, if, you, if you try and jump that gap, yeah. you're going to fall short. Um, and I'm glad you brought that up actually, because it's a strong warning that I do give to a lot of my clients is that because they want to, you know, they want to get to the, to that point of, you know, the black and white fine art stuff without learning the basics. And when they realize that they can't do it off the bat, I mean, it doesn't take too long to get there in all honesty, but they try and jump that gap. And what happens is they become despondent and they pack their camera away quickly. And I hate that, that there's nothing that kills me more. So you're right. I've got this. I've got this corny saying, and it'll probably come back and annoy me, but I always say, like, you've you got to learn the rules before you break them. Yeah. You know, um, you've, got to, you've got to be good at the rules before you break them. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I woke um, up at three o'clock this morning to watch the NBA finals. Milwaukee Bucks won. Yeah. Great game. Giannis MVP, well-deserved. Different story. But people would look at NBA, and they would look at LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, Michael, ja- uh, Michael Jackson. Damn, no. Michael Jordan. <laughs> but they would then, these kids and people wanting to play, they would all go outside and start shooting three pointers, which they miss. They'll try and dunk. Yeah. They don't get it right. Not understanding that those people also did the basics. They dribbled balls for years but yeah. to get somewhere. So what you're yeah. showing here is not 
a five-day safari. What you're showing people here is 10 years worth of experimenting and vision and processing. And that's that's what people need to come to you for, is for that vision, yeah. but not expecting because your chapter one is not is is well, your chapter 20 might be someone's chapter 40. And yeah, 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 yeah. 100 percent so People mustn't get despondent with stuff like this. No, no, no. And it's in fact it's quite the opposite because you know. I mentioned, I've already touched on it. You know, that first elephant picture that I did under a fine art category, I hate it. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, yeah. I look back and I cringe and I'm like, I can't even make out that it's an elephant. But at the time, I thought that I was a revolutionary. I thought that I'd changed the whole photographic game. Oh, 100%. And that's the, I think that's the beauty of it, you know. I think that's, that's what makes it so, you know, so awesome is that I, now, I know now that this coming Saturday, I'll take a picture or on Sunday, sorry, I'll take a picture of a leopard. Yeah. Which, and... I'll be like, oh my gosh, I've just changed the face of photography again. But then in five years' time, I'm going to look back and be like, wow, Matt, you, wow, you know. Seriously, why don't you just put that one in the folder marked like backup? <laughs> it's, 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 and oh, sorry, that's wonderful. No, 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 that's fine. I was, I was going to say, like I said, so don't be scared to get started because, I mean, there's a good chance that in five years' time, you look back and cringe. But also, okay, it's guaranteed. You know, yeah, it's guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's the fun of it. And that's yeah. the beauty of it. I, I, you also get this off question often, especially when you do like interviews and, and stuff like this or at guests. Like, and I, I, I've always answered this the same, is what is my favorite image I've ever taken? I cannot uh, answer that. I literally cannot because yeah. tomorrow, my, my favorite image I haven't taken yet, I think. Yeah. And yes. the day, like the day ever comes when I pack my yeah. cameras up for good and say, I am now done with photography, yeah. then ask me that question. Because then yeah. I could retrospectively look back, knowing I'm not going to go out next week to the Mara and see a lion crossing the river, whatever it might be. But yeah. people tend to chase falling over. Need more coffee. People tend to chase <laughs> the hero shots at the yeah. expense of that photographic journey, which also produces magic. Hundred percent. Mm. Yeah, you couldn't have said it any better. I pray that I never take my favorite shots. I pray I that there doesn't come. Mm. Yeah. Um, and you're right. Eh? Like I don't know. I can actually, I can literally, as you were talking, I can think of a specific set of guests that we went on a specific safari where, you know, for, was it five or six days, whatever it was, it was quite a, it was a decent amount of time to spend in one reserve. Yeah. We ran around like headless chickens looking for the shot. Yeah. And as, as you were talking, I just looked back to that specific safari and I just think, you know, I feel bad eh, because I, I always wonder how much those guests missed out. Yeah. You know, because we were trying to look, and, I, and to be honest with you, I don't even know what we were looking for. Yeah. I was driving these guests around. I don't know if it was a cheetah on a termite mound, you know, like, what was it? What was the perfect shot that we were chasing? I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you. But I know that five days went by and we might have missed out on a hundred opportunities. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is another thing that if, for people who've been following for a while on the podcast and videos and stuff, the, the experience of wildlife photography should be more about the wildlife than the photography. End of oh, story. Yeah. Because you can yeah. only, and now I'm going to throw all the cliches at you, because, awesome. because you can only photograph <laughs> well what you really care for. So if yeah. you're going to run from place to place to place looking for the image, but you're not appreciating and respecting in a way your subject, mm, I think you're missing yeah. the And then, yeah. like maybe those guests of yours, and I don't know, but uh, a lot of people judge the success of a safari based on the images they get. And I find that very sad. Very. It was 100% the case. That was absolutely the case. Mm. I don't think we walked away with that shot, by the way. I, I think that, you know, in, their, in, in my mind, the safari was a fail on two counts. Number one, that we missed out on a lot of opportunities. Mm. Number two, we didn't get that shot. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I, think I, only, I only, yeah, I only say we didn't get that shot because that's what the guests, that's what I got from the guests. And so yeah. it was, a, I'm glad it happened. It was a good lesson because, I mean, you know, the emphasis of, you know, photographing whatever's in front of you. And yeah. I like what you said about empathizing. Well, not, I better be careful what I say here because I don't want to anthropomorphize, but, you know, <laughs> emphasizing or empathizing, sorry, with your subject sure. in, a, in a certain way. Interesting. You know, to tell that story. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it should be, I think yeah. it should be, it should be a privilege for you to spend time with that lion, leopard, elephant, whatever it is. And I believe it's your duty as a wildlife photographer to represent that as well as you can. Whether you decide... Yeah to go natural documentary and just I shoot what I see and this is what it is or you add your own romantic vision to it like some of the work you do or whether yeah. I go black and white whatever it might be but yeah. it's still 
people need to be more in the moment and connect with the subject rather than just thinking of I'm photographing it rather than I'm spending time with it. There's it, it's yeah. And look, we're going very schwa here now. We need to like hug a dusty or something, but, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's that it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Often I have to remind myself as well. So I'll, I'll definitely admit that I have to remind myself of that. Yeah. You know, so on photographic safaris, we get so involved with what's your ISO, what's your shutter speed, what's, mm. and then you kind of, and I think I've just done it in a, in a podcast or a blog. I've just mentioned it now as one of my points. I say, you know, look up, you know, remember to mm. look up from the camera yeah. at what's actually unfolding because, you know, you're fiddling with your camera too much mm. uh, and you might be missing something that's happening yeah, in front of you. And it can be subtle. It can be very subtle. Mm. It's all but, fun and games um, though, hey? It's, it's fun and yeah. games. Mm. Yeah. So, no, it's so true. Yeah. So listen, Matt, for people listening along, where can they find you online? Instagram, website, email, stuff like that. So I have, as you probably know from the beginning of this, I've joined TikTok <laughs> recently. Yeah. Um, my, my last video was uh, quite a successful one there, which is quite fun. Um, so uh -huh. TikTok is Matt Yardley Africa. Mm -hmm. In fact, most of it's Matt Yardley Africa, except for Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, Twitter is Yardley Africa. Okay. They won't, I, they, I don't know how to change that yet. Mm. So until such time as I do, that's, mm. um, okay. yeah, it's pretty much Matt Yardley Africa. Um, also, if you Google me, uh, Matt Yardley, yeah. ignore page two. I'm worried what might come up there. Google search results. People are not going to go and look for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I hit all the good stuff. Yeah. No, I'm teasing. No, if you Google me, you should get um, either to my website. Uh, there's a whole lot of social links there to mm. everything from Pinterest to Perfect. TikTok to uh, Twitter, Instagram. That's great. Um, yeah, that's uh, um, I'm getting more and more uh, busy online now, which is awesome. Yeah. No, it's a great yeah. thing. But um, Matt, listen, proud to have you on the team, man. Lots of adventures to yeah. Thank you for the yeah. chat. Do this again, 100%. Guys, I urge you to go and look at Matt's work. It's phenomenal. I want you to get in touch with him. Go and follow him on all the platforms. If you want to book a safari, you still have time for this year, yes? Yes, yes, yes. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. there are a couple of trips you can book with him already. Go check the Wild Eye website. But um, yeah, it's exciting times ahead. Yeah, so so grateful for this opportunity. And yes, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, um, yeah Matt, I can't wait. Time. It's been amazing. Guys, as always, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for lending us your ears. And if you have any questions, um, I'm Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y at wildeye.co.za. That's wildeye, two words with a dash in between, .co.za. And Matt is just M-A-T-T -T at wildeye.co.za. Yep. Good stuff. So any questions or comments, guys, please send them through. And um, yeah, Matt will chat to you soon. I'll link your blogs and stuff up as well in the description of the podcast. But I'll catch you up soon. Awesome, Jerry. Thanks. Uh, it was great to chat. Thanks so good much. Stuff. Guys, thank you so much. I will see you in the next episode. My name is Jerry. I'm from Wild Eye. Have a good one. Bye for now.